Welcome to another episode of the Good Food Served Here podcast, a companion to goodfoodservedhere.wordpress.com, a culinary adventure blog by Walter Pagel, where Walter's passion for food, friendship, travel, and writing are shared with you after his long career as director of publications at MD Anderson. I'm Bill Toll, Walter's brother-in-law, and most of my life's work has been spent in kitchens, galleys on ships, and broadcaster recording studios. We're glad to have you along. ready to uh, talk a little bit about Bucatini alla Matriciana. Interesting, the number of uh, controversies associated with that simple name. Well, it's not simple, but it's in Italian, and therefore, and simple in Italian. And you studied some Italian, uh, actually uh, working towards becoming conversational prior to a trip. Is that right? I did study it. I did practice it. I got to where I could pronounce it very well. The only problem was I couldn't understand what people were saying to me, and I didn't have a very good vocabulary. <laughs> but they thought I was Italian because I pronounced it very well. Wow, that's good that you've got the accent down. At least it, uh, you know, surprised and uh, probably fooled a few people. <laughs> right. It's funny how trying to speak a foreign tongue can can bring about situations where you get going and then you reach a point where, am I making a fool of myself? You just kind of run out of vocabulary and that's when it gets really dicey, right? Right. Well, well, please tell me more about Bucatini alla Matriciana, and I am probably not pronouncing it nearly as correctly as you can. <laughs> You are doing an excellent job of pronouncing Bucutini alla Matriziana. It's a dish. Well, thank you. Mm. Yeah. It's a dish from the town of Amatrice in Italy. Um, it's a dish that Fran and I love and that is so easy to make that I make it often. I make it most often, I mean most easily when there's bacon in the refrigerator. Ah, yeah. Well, um, it's it's good that on your blog, Good Food Served Here, the Culinary Diary explores a few options based on what you do have available in the pantry, and you don't necessarily have to adhere to the tradition or what they call authentic um, ingredient list. Instead, you can kind of uh, uh, maybe wing it a little bit based on what you've got on hand. Yes, the only thing you can't wing is you can't wing tomato, you can't wing red chili of some sort, and mm -hmm. you can't wing some sort of pork. Oh, and don't forget the pasta. All right, very good. Of course you have to have the pasta. But it is indeed a pasta be, dish. Yeah, all of those can be varied. I didn't mm -hmm. mean to say you couldn't vary them. Yeah, well, and this isn't just any pasta that you're talking about. This is has proven to be pasta with a purpose in um, circulating this recipe as a fundraiser uh, after the town of its origin had this severe, terrible earthquake, right? Yes, many people died, many people were injured, and the town is still a wreck. Um, the mayor claims because of Italian bureaucracy, but whatever the reason, it's still a wreck. Mm. So a group 
or many, I think it just fed on itself, uh, restaurants in Europe and especially in New York, which is a high, very large Italian population, began to serve Bucatini a la Matriciana in order to raise funds to town. Outstanding. So they were doing this with each meal served, some of the proceeds would go towards rebuilding after the earthquake, which is a great idea. Well, this is certainly a well-researched dish, and you, uh, on Good Food Serve here, uh, .wordpress.com is where we can find the story and the recipe. Um, give us a little, uh, little bit more backstory about this wonderful, tasty Bucatini alla Matriciana. Well, uh, it, it, it has its source in Amatrice, as I said, and there they make it a particular way. They make it with uh, guanciale, which is cured pork cheek, and they make it with spaghetti. So for some reason, you know, the rest of the ingredients. And for some reason, the Romans think it's their dish. Oh, they that's interesting. Make, yeah, the, in, the Roman and Amatrice are not very far apart. Uh, so it can be, it's understandable. And in fact, um, Rome sort of considered Amatrice a sort of a suburb. It's pretty far away, but in a sense, they thought of it as their own. And they changed the dish in that they made make it with bucatini, which is a long pasta that's tubular. It has a hole down the center. Um, but they yep. they too make it with guanciale, so that doesn't vary. Bucatini is um, almost as thin as spaghetti, but it's tubular like a long straw. Uh, and I guess part of that is um, des by design. It's it's so that the interior of the pasta gets sauced as well as the exterior to where yes. you get more sauce you know, surrounding the pasta, maybe. I read a rumor, I think it was a made-up rumor, that uh, there was a shortage of bucatini because now that you're no longer allowed single-use straws, people were using bucatini for a straw. Oh, I'll be darned. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, it, I think it would take a lot of suction to get uh, very much, very, very uh, a satisfactory gulp out of a bucatini straw. Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they are pretty thin. <laughs> yeah. But so, uh, any any uh, long pasta like uh, a spaghetti or an even, even linguine would do for a right. dish like this, right? Right, right. Okay, good. So, so that's one of the variables. The other variable is another variable is the pork. Mm -hmm. um, they insist on guanciale, but they will allow pancetta. Ah, okay. <laughs> which is a, a cured pork from the belly. Okay. Um, yeah. But they do not think that it is at all authentic to use bacon, which I use. Uh, because it's easiest to get. Bacon would be my go-to also on that, I think. Some good thick-cut bacon that I uh, right. cut into small, thin strips, perhaps. <laughs> right. Supposed to be matchsticks. We can do that. Yeah, matchsticks of bacon. That's a good way to put it. Excellent. And um, they say to use what they call a pepperoni, which is a hot 
Italian pepper and then you just cook it with the bacon and tomato. But I don't do that because I think I can control it better by using Hatch medium chili. Oh, okay. Use, just use a, a half teaspoon to a teaspoon, depending on how hot I want it to be. Yeah. Now, this, is this uh, is this uh, dried chili or, or powdered chili? It's it, yes, it's powdered chili. I guess you call okay. it powdered. All right, it's not got it. Chili powder, though. Don't don't use that stuff you use to make chili with. Yeah, no, often when you get chili powder, it's high, It's often an amalgam of not only chili, but it's got a certain amount of cumin and other things. In it, so you want to go with powdered chili and not chili powder. Gotcha. Right. <laughs> Fine distinction there. Right. <laughs> and so, in theory, you could make it with fresh tomatoes, but even the Italians don't bother with that. They use canned tomatoes. All right. Do you have a favorite go-to uh, canned tomato by chance? A brand? Well, the brand that's easily available that seems pretty authentic is. Cento, C-E-N-T-O. Yeah. Okay. Cento's uh, Pomodoro Pilati, or whatever you call it, the uh, um, uh, San Marzano, is that it? Type of tomato? Uh, yes. That's plum tomato. I guess you call that a plum tomato. Um, San Marzano is very, in theory, I doubt that Cento actually uses these, but San Marzano tomatoes are grown in a particular area of Italy. Mm -hmm. And those are the most authentic. Okay. But who knows? If you've never had authentic, who cares? Yeah. The, uh, the brand that I enjoy is called Muti, M U T T I. Where do you get it? Um, sprouts. The thing about Bucatini, which some people might not like and might therefore prefer spaghetti. And which is why Matricianas prefer spaghetti, is that you can't really twirl bucatini on a fork. It's uh, quite thick. You have to kind of cut it into bite-sized pieces as you eat it. Yeah, so it's, it, it's a little more cumbersome and stiff to do that, I guess. Right, right. All right. What's interesting to me is this question of authenticity and the, the ways... Um, other cultures, Mexican, French, Spanish, Italian, have notions of what an authentic dish is and how Americans just don't seem to know, have any sense of what authentic means. They just want to make something that tastes good. When we, we lose the pretense, we open ourselves to the variables of what we have on hand to prepare the dish, uh, being able to alter it slightly to our own taste. And sometimes in doing so, we, we sacrifice authenticity. Yet the finished product ends up being more imaginative, perhaps more creative, um, uh, more uh, versatile, uh, based on what ingredients happen to be in the pantry, all of those other factors, yet, you know, it ends up tasting uh, wonderful. Yes, that's true. I have a theory. What I'm is sure that? that? Somebody knows whether my theory is right. My theory is that these foods that have a very particular way of being made 
are are a result of a particular not just a particular culture but a particular farming community that grows certain things at certain times of year in certain ways and people invented their dishes based on those products and the american communities have no limitations on what they can get when they can get it and so um, the question of whether it should be this or that should it come from here or should it come from there or what don't even enter the picture but in italy and france and spain and so on the availability the wide availability of ingredients is much more limited than ours that's my theory about how americans have come to make things with whatever they have because they have a lot so our our abundance has kind of dictated these forays away from authenticity um because we go to the grocery store any time of year and we have this fabulous array of various things various ingredients to choose from right and they the matricianas they go to the market on tuesday and they get what is grown locally strictly so seasonal it. and strictly regional right wow that's my theory yeah i th- i think that's a pretty good theory i think there's some aspects of that theory uh that are applicable to american culture as well witness patch chili as an yes. example um where it is sought out for its particular flavor and uniqueness but uh otherwise i i think you're very right in that uh we just uh go with what uh, we we choose the path of least resistance to get to the end result right so hatch chili i'm glad you mentioned that because i think it's a very interesting entry into the question of terroir which americans laugh at So hatch chilies are nothing more than Anaheim chilies which are grown all over the place. But they yes. only taste the way hatch chilies taste when they're grown in hatch, the terroir of hatch. That's to me evidence that terroir yeah. really does matter. Most I th- I think that it does matter in that you know we have that certain alkalinity to the soil in this region, the uh um irrigation from the Rio Grande and the snow melt coming from up north and so forth uh that it may contribute to some subtle flavor uh that you wouldn't otherwise get so yeah i hear you anyway yeah. i love hatch chilies oh so do i <laughs> of course i'm a big proponent because it's it's just a few miles up the road from where i sit right this moment but um it's it's neat that you're uh, incorporating uh hatch chili as your your spicy ingredient to this dish and uh, that you're you're able to adjust uh uh hog cheeks are not that easy to come by in the grocery store here in America uh unless perhaps you're in the south and you end up getting hog jowls <laughs> so uh bacon would be a logical uh, go-to as a substitute for pancetta yes now i've read that if you the one of the distinctions between pancetta and bacon is that pancetta is simply cured not smoked so if you have okay. smoked bacon they suggest if you want to make it like pancetta you 
cook it in water for a little while. Oh, okay. All right. That's interesting. So, so we could Google that if we want to get a little bit closer to quote unquote authenticity there. Right. Maybe. I don't do it, but you know. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. That's a neat trick that I did not know. Uh, now you also have a cheese component to this. Oh yes. Well, it, um, I didn't see any evidence that one or the of the other of these two choices was more authentic than the other. Pecorino, it must have pecorino, which is a, a sheep cheese. Okay. Uh, yeah. And pecorino romano because it's the the area of, it's romano. That's the area it's in. Basically, it's in Lazio, which is where Rome is. Mm -hmm. But you can do it half pecorino and half. Um, Parmesan Reggiano, which is the other famous Italian cheese. Yeah, good nutty cheese there. You yeah. bet. And Pecorino is pretty robust in its flavor. It is. All right. And you must, you must, if you're going to call this Amantigiana and the heck with, here I don't say the heck with authenticity, since it's easy to get Pecorino Romano. You, okay. you must use it if you want it to taste the way it's supposed to. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, we we want it to taste it uh, to taste as it's supposed to, as a tribute to this region that was so severely struck um, by the devastating earthquake, where they lost so many people. A 6.2 magnitude earthquake, and it just wiped out this town. And um, we we want to uh, uh, face Amarice as we taste this fabulous dish <laughs> that yes. comes from this wonderful region. Yes. You know, and in the, in the blog, it, there's the photo of Amatrice, destroyed Amatrice shows the bell tower. The yes. bell tower is the only structure that really, public structure anyway, that survived. Oh the my earth. goodness, wow. It's, it's, um, striking a uh, metaphorical chord with uh, with Hiroshima with the uh, bell tower being the only thing standing that's a great image I didn't really think about that Good. well it's it's uh, devastation on a natural scale that's quite similar in a way in a way uh, especially with the profound way that it affected this community so um, it is certainly worthwhile I think to pay tribute with this wonderful recipe well may you enjoy it when you make it and may you think of Amatrice well Walter thanks to you we'll be able to good food served here dot wordpress dot com is where you can find the story and the recipe for Bucatini alla Matriciana. Walter J. Pagel, thank you very much. Mm -hmm.